You're listening to the Business Bite Podcast with Grace Rizzo. Hello and welcome back to the Business Bite Podcast. I am Grace Rizza. I'm here with Kevin Conroy, and we're excited to share with you information that's going to help your, can I say top line, Kevin? Is that fair? Yes, that'd be a good uh, good number to start with. <laughs> awesome. So Kevin, tell our listeners and our viewers about you, what you do, and um, how you help the dental community. Sure. Thank you. Thanks for having me on today, first off. And uh, as Grace mentioned, I'm Kevin Conroy. I live out in Rochester, New York, where it still snowed yesterday. And uh, we have a business, we being my partner and I, uh, DC Associates. And that business is for small business consulting focused on the financial aspects. And we happen to work with a lot of dental practices, uh, namely the dentists and some of their staff, to help them try to understand what should they be doing to run a successful dentist uh, practice. Sorry, I got I'm I panicked. I thought I wasn't recording for a second. And I was like, oh no, we're gonna have to shoot this over. I've done that before. I did that one time and I felt terrible. It's all right. So so primarily you're working with dentists, right? You're not helping like, or are you helping multiple fields? We help other types of businesses as well, but a lot of uh, what I would call practice owners um, and obviously dentists fall in that category are, uh, are a, a big part of our client base. Okay, great. Um, so what are, what are some, I'm going to start with a kind of a difficult question and, and something that people may relate to and like their pain points. What are some of the biggest issues that you help dentists tackle? Um, some of the dentists don't want to hear this, but sometimes they have to kind of get out of their own way a little bit. And I'll, I'll say that positively in that they go to school for a very long time to become experts at a craft. And I find that the successful ones realize that when it comes to running their practice, they need a good team around them. And sometimes I use the phrase, they need to learn that they have to work on their business instead of being constantly in their business. And sometimes that's a difference of being proactive versus reactive. Um, And there's a lot that we could go into for that. But that is one thing that I will focus on when I meet a dentist for the first time and start talking about their practice is the need to take a step back and work on the practice on a regular basis and not just be reactive from day to day and not really know where you are today or where you're going. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of the norm in dentistry. It's the exception to see someone who has the right advisors in place and doesn't lose sleep over a lot of minutiae. Correct. A lot of little questions and stressors that come up. So what role do you play in this? doctors. So I play the marketing role. I help them figure out their strategy, their brand positioning, um, you know, all of those details. What what role do you play in um, having that advisory role? Sure. So uh, there's there's two aspects of it when people are running a practice or someone's running a practice. The dentist has to make sure the practice is successful. And the second part that we help with, which we won't get into today, is to make sure that they are also building out personal wealth as well uh, while they're running a practice. But from the pure practice perspective, we are the first phone call. And the reason for that is that these dentists um, are constantly barraged to be sold things. 
everything from cotton balls to equipment to payroll services to 401ks to benefits. And there's two problems with that. There are salespeople who are thinking about themselves for the most part. That's not all of them. And there are people out there that uh, have a product. And that product may or may not be a fit for that practice. It right. could be equipment. It could be a 401k plan. Um, so sometimes we act as the first line of defense or the quarterback to say, these are the things you really need for your practice to be you know, financially healthy personally and through the practice. And then these are the things we'll move into in phase two, three, and beyond of working with somebody. Uh, so some people like the fact they can come to us and we will help with uh, banks and payroll and retirement plans and benefits and compensation structures. And the whole goal of that is that I find people don't really get sick of dentistry. They get sick of all those other things I just mentioned that come along with running a practice. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I can't completely outsource all of those things, but I'll put in front of them one or two options that have been vetted so that they can make a decision um, in 15 minutes that would have otherwise taken them however many hours to figure out on their own. And they still would have questioned in the back of their mind, did I get sold something or did I make the right decision for my practice? Yeah. And I think anyone in, in business needs someone that they can trust that can mm -hmm. help them with their financial planning and their long-term, short-term goals and, and just looking at all of that. I know, um, I think any business owner has some stress related to that. Some people are more interested in it than others, so they're more involved in it than others. Yep. I am horrible at this, Kevin, personally. I'm horrible. <laughs> like, I, I, I know my numbers in terms of, like, where new business is coming from and how it relates to marketing because that's where my interest lies. And, sure. But I, I don't know all of the details, but luckily, like, my husband handles a lot of that. Um, Good. in my life and my business. So sometimes you've got to just go, okay, what in a marriage, what are my strengths and my interests and piece it together like a business relationship. <laughs> but um, what would you say to someone? And this isn't scripted. This is, we didn't talk about, about this. So sorry to put you on the spot, but All right. what would you say to someone who feels um, financially illiterate? Okay. I would say, do you have 12 hours to spend on your financial future a year? And what do you think the answer to that question is? Well, we all have the same 24. We can make 12 hours. Yes. 12 hours a year. If you take, get out of your practice and work with someone, a trusted person that's vetted and through a referral source, or you meet and you feel a trust with, and you know that they are working in your interests. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have one hour a month to work on the financial education and financial health of your practice? And when I say the first question, do you have 12 hours a year? They say, of course. I said, all right, well, we're going to schedule monthly meetings and I'll prioritize all the things that you should be thinking about and all the things that we need or need to change or implement or keep and focus on in your practice. And it's not all a 401k plan and it's not all benefits. We're going to be talking about inventory control and lending and the P&L statement and all the things that they really don't want to focus on, but they want them all to be very, very healthy. Mm -hmm. And they say, what's going to happen if I sit down for one month a year? I yeah. say, you're 
you're going to be handling your practice like 95% of other people aren't. Yeah. Uh, another hard question for you. And that's a good answer, by the way. Another hard question for you. Um, how would you advise someone when they're vetting someone like you, when they're trying to make sure that they're making the right, you know, an ethical decision and they want to make sure that they're not going to get kind of taken advantage of. Um, yeah. what, are, what are some, I guess, red flags to look for? Okay, um, exclusivity. And this will come in two forms. It'll come in one form if someone works for a company that sells those companies' products only. It's really hard to give unbiased advice or advice in their favor if the products that come along with it are from one company. And that could be anything from investments to insurances. Um, the second thing, when, and also on the lines of exclusivity, we have annual and, annual and monthly engagements, but if at any point someone is not happy with our level of service or level of contact, they can cancel at any point. I know there are other consultants out there in a realm of services where you're signing up for a one, two, three, five year engagement with someone and there's no, uh, there's no real tracking to what level of satisfaction you're providing. So those are really two things, exclusivity in two different aspects. One, the company or person you might partner with if it's related to products is usually more on the sales side than consultative assistance. And the idea that get locked into some type of consulting contract when you may or may not be happy. That's got to be difficult to, to sift through because anyone could just say, well, definitely not the contract, the agreement to work with someone for X amount of months. That's easy to notice and to spot. Mm -hmm. But the exclusivity of products, because it seems like someone could very easily pretend like they're taking an unbiased approach. Um, is there any way for people to really know the answer to that question? Um, there are certain companies out there in the financial arena that are what we call captive. So if you need insurance products, if you need investment products, the companies for the most part are providing their own products. So okay. it's, not, it's not solely captive, but it's pretty close. And what that is is the compensation model behind those products drives the people to offer those products first instead of the right products in some situations. Yeah, They're not bad companies, they're not bad products, it's just not always what's in the dentist's best interest. Yeah, I um, wanna, I want to go off topic a little bit because I think it, it makes me think of something really interesting and something I do in my own business is um, when you're growing a business and some people listen to these podcasts that aren't necessarily dentists um, sure. and, or even if you are a dentist and you've got different bonuses and things for your team, you want to make sure that the main incentive is to keep the customer or client happy and seeing results the best results and the main incentive is not to sell more. And so a lot of businesses, I feel like, uh, fail their customers by having incentive programs based solely on numbers and sales. Because for instance, I don't want my team going out and um, selling everything that they can to everyone that they meet. If that's not what they need at the time, I want my team to be incentivized by 
serving the client in their best interest. And so yep. I'm very strategic with how I create bonus structure and commissions and challenged every single one of those things to make sure that people have the appropriate motivations because it can't just be all about money. No, so. it can't be about money. It's got to be about relationship. Um, you know, for example, I was in a meeting yesterday with a dentist and um, I won't get into the financial details of what we did, but I brought in a 401k person and we really stripped down the plan to what was in the dentist's best interests. And he walked out and he goes, did you and that guy just make less money, but now my wife and I's future is more secure um, and, and better invested and with fees and things like that? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, what do I owe you for that? And I'm like, nothing. You're going to be a client for life. And that was the right thing to do. And he kind of walked out shaking his head. But the dental community um, nationally and regionally and whatever town you're in is too small to not do things right for people because it's a short, short exit to getting out of this business and not being a trusted advisor. I agree. And people can see right through that. They can see if you're being authentic with them or if you're just trying to get them to sign on the dotted line and commit to X amount of months and pay you know, as much as you can to get their budget. I mean, people can definitely sense sometimes over time. I think there's some people that are really good at um, just getting people to sign on the dotted line, but mm -hmm. you've really got to be savvy for this and you've got to look at at this on a kind of a deeper level when you're looking to pick your advisors. Um, it's that and it's, you know, people will be in a meeting and whether we're talking about a 401k plan or we're talking about benefits or payroll or um, sometimes we'll build out compensation structures for different employees for dentists because they want to separate themselves a little bit from, I want to have a good relationship with this person. So I don't really want to talk about their income and their compensation plan. So we, we do that for them. Uh, so it maintains a healthy working relationship without letting money get in the, involved in it. I like that. And they find it very refreshing when there are products involved, right? There's 401k products and there's benefits and there's healthcare and there's insurances involved and investments involved when we're talking finance. But they'll look at me before they sign on the dotted line and say, is this in my best interest? Is this person across the table selling me this product in my best interests? They won't yeah. ask that person that because they're selling a product, but it's a, right. necessary, it's a necessary product. And they'll look at me and without any hesitation or without buyer's remorse or regret or whatever you want to call it, I'll say this is in your best interest. And I have that level of trust, even if we are bringing other people into the mix to help that practice or that person personally. Absolutely. Um, I have one other question for you. We have a few minutes left here. Sure. Um, if someone is considering starting a business with a partner or bringing on a partner, what are some things that they should consider or that they should maybe discuss with you? Uh, we really want to understand the financials of the business and that person personally and what their goals are. Um, and then we would talk a lot about personalities and if it's serious enough, how to structure that formally. Handshake agreements lead to bad, bad relationships and handshake agreements lead to dentists having problems getting associates because they end up getting spoken badly about or poorly about in the community. 
because a 27 year old associate thought that they got taken advantage of. I've been, I've been pressured into handshake agreements in the past. Um, not with my business, but with like side ventures and things never, it's never panned out well. No. Um, and I've been like, Oh, I need you to sign this. And they're like, Oh no, we already have it. We sent it to you. And it, and it, and I was young and dumb, but went along with it and got burned. And I think, yep. you know, other people can relate to that. But Sometimes I will caution them on partnerships because they view it as a quick road to more revenue yes. instead of slow and steady. So that's the first thing I'll bet out. Are we trying to really grow this practice and help more patients? Or are we trying to 2X our revenue with not 2X the effort? Right. I have that conversation pretty regular, regularly. Oh, I'm bringing on two associates next month. I need this marketing to really be working. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's not the initial conversation. That wasn't the initial plan we had. And so now you need to like quadruple your marketing budget yeah. and um, give it six months to work. And that's not what people want to hear. I, no. I, there's a lot of unrealistic expectations in the dental community. And I think it comes from the salespeople, the salespeople that are out there saying, get 20 more new patients overnight and, you know, do this, do that, and see these results. They're over-promising in their marketing. And that yep. is giving people on sort of a, this global level, unrealistic expectations for different services. Um, so we patients, have to always... Patients, you know, patience is key. Not patience in regards to number of patients, but the actual art of patience, taking your time, growing things slowly and steadily, um, Loving dentistry, getting a good team around you so that they, you keep reminding or get reminded that this takes time. There is no such thing as overnight success, no matter what you heard in residency or no matter what you heard from the keeping up with the Joneses for the dentist yeah. down the road. Uh, it takes time to build this. It, it does take more time than anyone anticipates to build a business, especially from scratch. It takes sure. a lot of time. Um, I do want to mention you said, you know, have slow growth. I call it intentional growth where they actually look at exactly how much growth they can accommodate. They want to achieve. What's a realistic amount of time? How are we going to get you there? And it, it, you can get there faster, but you've got to be able to invest and take and handle a little bit more risk. So it depends yeah. on your personality too, when you're making these business decisions. So, well, I appreciate the information that you've shared. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, um, how would they do that? Um, our website is dcasupport.com. And that word was intentional uh, in that we do try to support them. Uh, and my email is kconroy, C-O-N-R-O-Y, at dcasupport.com. Great. And um, is there anything that you could offer to our listeners, like an initial call, conversation to learn Absolutely. more? Absolutely. Yeah, we have meetings and calls depending on where people are at in this country or world. Um, there is no fee or cost for an initial consultation. And I will probably add, ask a lot of questions that don't have to do with dollar signs in that first meeting because um, much like the dentist, we want to try to find people that are a good fit for our advice and, and have are doing things ethically, doing things the right way and have the right path. Um, when people call me and they want the quick fix to 
double their revenue in six months, it's, it's usually not a great fit. But when mm -hmm. they want the right team around them and they want the right advice and they want trusted advice for when we take on a client, it's a client for life. Mm -hmm. And that's our goal. Um, haven't anybody, we haven't anybody turn around and, and cancel it yet. So I guess we're doing something right. Well, I appreciate what you're doing. And I always love when I hear the word ethically and ethical, because that's my whole mission here as well. Thank you so much for sharing information, Kevin. And to our listeners, um, tune in next time. And we're going to have more great information for you. Thanks. Have Thank a great you. day.